Welcome, my friends, to the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, find our sweet spot, and planting our seeds to watch them grow in our magic garden. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. Hey, and how are you doing? Today's guest is going to be Ed Hearn, the former Met, former Royals, but more importantly, a God-giving, give-back person who runs the uh, Bottom of the Ninth Foundation. So we're going to talk to him about, again, being one of the goons for good, what he does. And not only was he a former major leaguer, his more, the most important work that he's done is actually paying it forward to help today people. Now, Mr. Hearn, Ed, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, David. It's uh really an honor to be here with you because I really love people that truly try to make a difference in life and I know that's what you do. Thank you. I try to do my best. That's our goal, right? Absolutely. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, you have an, an incredible story. So I mean, even just the major league story, uh, May 17th, I know is your first ball game and we're not going to talk too much about baseball. The only reason why I mentioned May 17th, that's my daughter's birthday. Uh, when, I, when I saw that and I told my daughter, I wasn't the same day as when you got your hit in 86, because I was still in high school. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I, I do remember that, that year and, and that run. Uh, and that let's go, Mets go, right? <laughs> let's go, Mets go, let's go. I mean, and you know, that's our, that's the chant today, right? I mean, how many years have it been since that 1986 World Series team? Uh, we haven't won since. There was actually a guy uh, who did an article it wasn't a major paper, but he did an article about the curse of Ed Hearn. They <laughs> traded Ed Hearn away, and they've never won since. Well, you know, I got to tell you, you know, um, it, it, it could be true. You want to know something? Maybe we need to bring you back as something. And, you know, I've I've been reaching out to major a lot of major league teams saying you need to do more charity work, not more visible charity work. I know every major league team charity work. And we're very appreciative of, of all the things, but uh, maybe we need to figure out. And now that the Mets have just transferred ownership, maybe it's a it's time to bring back Ed Hearn. <laughs> you know, I, I I'm not that expensive at all. And <laughs> you know, I think it'd be a great thing. And, and Mr. Cole would have uh, would have me to handle so much of the uh, the volunteer and and the opportunity to really make the mess look good. So anyway, we'll you know that's not going to happen. Let's let's get on well, to something. Well, that we and I'd say, you know, the law of attraction, let's put it out there and you never know where, look, I, I would have never pictured being able to speak to you. Uh, you know, just, uh, it, it's, it's very generous of you to have your time, share your time with me. So I appreciate that. No and, uh, so as we start going, I'd, I'd love to, you know, hear more about not just the baseball stuff, but about your life, uh, you know, about, you know, what brings peace and love to your life? Where do you find that? Well, that's a great question, David. Um, Peace and happiness are, are um, wow, that's a big question. Um, you know, I'll tell you what I think. I think that, uh, you know, you talk about puberty, right? And you talk about the beautiful story of the phoenix and the rebirth. And I know you've experienced, you know, this kind of situation in your life where you, you know, I mean, the phoenix was, is a burnt dead and comes back to life. And, you know, in 1986, I was a part of that World Series championship team, my rookie season in the big leagues. And uh, the following spring, uh, 
you know, I was trained to Kansas City Royals because the Royals wanted me as a starting catcher, and they wanted me to, to handle that young pitching staff that had an E5, who had just come off that World Series. And, you know, I mean, it was like, a, it was kind of a dream come true, but it was a double-edged sword in that, man, I'm going to Kansas City, but I could be missing out on three or four ranks here in the next five years because of all the talent we had there in New York at the time. But I go there, and, you know, you know, what more do you want out of a, a professional baseball career than to be the starting guy with a great staff? And, you know, I was, I was set. And two weeks into that season, I blew out my shoulder, had re major reconstructive surgery, and I battled hard to come back, but just so close, but yet so far. So just a year and a half later, I was out of the game. And, uh, you know, I made that transition to the real world. And uh, next thing I know, I was diagnosed with three very serious health problems. I had end-stage renal failure, uh, dialysis, um, central nerve sleep apnea. And since then, I've had three kidney transplants. I've battled cancer. I've had 45 skin cancer surgeries. I've had all sorts of issues. Today, I have a pit line in my arm for a whole other. I'm taking an IV once a day for seven weeks. It's crazy. And you know, about... Shortly thereafter, my kidney failed, and I'm on dialysis. And fortunately, though, I got a call that they had a kidney for me very quickly. It was amazing. I was blown away. And so I'm in the hospital shortly thereafter, and uh, I had the transplant. It was a gift of life from a cadaver donor list. And But you know what? Three days after got transplanted. I was lying in bed in that hospital here in Kansas City, and I was having a pity party. You ever had a pity party? Oh, I've had plenty of pity parties. Sure. I would have been all that, man. And you know what? I, it was about 3 o'clock in the morning, and I was partying down. Man, wasn't for bed like I would have any luck at all. The shades were drawn, pitch black, dark, the door was closed. But you know, remember when we were kids, You, you, you maybe you won't admit this, but you know, you remember the party pooper? Yeah. That was like, well, we had the party going because mom and dad were going to be gone for the weekend, right? Well, and then the party pooper came home on Saturday instead of Sunday, right? That's the party pooper. Yep. Well, the party pooper showed up that night in my hospital room. The door from the room swung open, light in the hall filled my room, and into the doorway walked the midnight shift nurse. She was a big woman. It got dark in my room as she walked in that doorway. She reached over and flipped on the switch to the light. I realized why they only let her work, work the graveyard shift. She was ugly. <laughs> but she handed on over the foot of my bed. She said, boy, what's the matter with you? You having a pity party? I just kind of grunted at her. I ain't been called boy in a long time at that time. She said, oh, I get it. You have a pity party, huh? Man, son, right here, we get the gift of life in this world. And you got that. Here you are feeling sorry for yourself. I can tell you this story in all in depth, but you know what it came down to? That woman got in my face. She said, Boy, my mama told me something when I was young. When me and my sister were growing up, we didn't have nothing. But she told me to be thankful for the shoes I had because one day I come be to me with no feet. You need to think about that, boy. She turned, she walked down the room. 
she shook my life. I mean, that was, what do you call that? What happened? What is that moment? That's a Phoenix moment to me. That's that rise, right? You're, you're in the ashes, you're lying in the ashes, and you rise out of the, the, the ashes because you know you need to. I can't tell you that whole story, but she brought me so much, David. She taught me the value of perspective. I mean, she said, boy, you, you had so much. You played Major League Baseball, boy. Are you having boys dream of doing that? And here you are having a pity party. I saw your wife leave out of here the other night. That's a beautiful woman you got. Man, you got a great team of medical people here. A great team taking care of you. And you feeling sorry for yourself. She shook my life up. And sometimes it takes circumstances or people like that. When we're going through what I call the outhouse of life. You see, it's in the outhouse. Right. When we're facing crap in life. Well, you know what's in the outhouse, right? We all do. Yep. All right, I can't use that S word. The four letters, I'll say crap. <laughs> right? Well, any, everything grows in crap, right, David? Right? Yeah, that, that's when so you we, learn, right? That, that, that's when you me. grow. Mm-hmm. You don't grow when you're up there in the, in the World Series of your life. In that penthouse. You know, if anything, we, we, we sink. You know how many successful, how many successful people that you see and been around and, and the next thing you know, you open the paper up and there's a tank because of where they were at. So I tell people, man, when you're going through curves, hey, that's where you grow. Now, you do have to be careful because weeds grow in the, in the crap too. Sure. So you got to be careful in the outhouse. It helped me understand the beginning of what I had come to know what life is all about. Yeah, I played baseball for a lot of years or a few years in the big leagues. But today, that's nothing. Compared to the opportunity that I have and you have to make a positive difference in the lives of other people. So here's my, here's my mantra. I'll share this with you because it's so important. We just don't know the impact we can have with such well, just we don't know. It goes like this: anyone can count the seeds in one apple, but no one can count the apples in just one seed. Wow! Isn't that profound? That's that awesome. just—it just struck me so deeply that I, I begin to realize, you know what? You never know when you're going to be impacting people. And that's kind of what I try to keep in mind today. Uh, that, this is my sweet spot, as you call it. <laughs> this is my sweet spot because I remind myself, you just don't know when you're going to make that difference. Oh, sure, you know, and I know that we've made a difference. And we get feedback and letters and emails like, oh, Mr. Hearn, I took your book and the Bible to the hospital. And it was your book to help me make it through. Wow. You know, things like that. It's just amazing. But it's the things, the people and the things that we don't hear about that really is amazing. And that was my idea of interviewing people like yourself. It's not only the the, the, the fact that you are a major league, which was an amazing accomplishment, but to me, your biggest accomplishment is what you're impacting in your community and how you're able to show up. I mean, through all the things you've gone through, the, all the battles of cancer, uh, as well as your, your family situations and, and stuff like that, the blessings that you've been given, but 
what you still give out to everybody else. That shows more about any statistics that we can give up, we can give out. You know, those are all nice. Uh, right. that'll, that'll, that'll be part of a legacy, but your real legacy, and I know you and I've spoken, is about helping those people, helping the children in schools, helping men step up in their communities to lead, to be men, and showing people what they need to, to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, you know, on, on, the, on your website, I'm just going to read it, is the, the website, I, I never heard that, the quote, promise me you'll always remember you're braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. And that wasn't a baseball quote. That was from Winnie the Pooh. But goddamn, that's a strong statement. You know, that's really, you know, when you think about it, how many, how much of us talk about that negative speak in our heads and how powerful that is to just remember that we're stronger and we're braver than we could ever go. And, and that's one of the messages that I, I really enjoy, you know, hearing. Because of where they were at. So I tell people, man, when you're going through curves, hey, that's where you grow. Now, you do have to be careful because weeds grow in the, in the crap, too. Sure. So you got to be careful in the outhouse. But that's where another thing that that lady said to me, she said, you got a team, a great team of doctors sitting here. And that's something that you and I know that we can't do this all alone. Unfortunately, very often, especially in times like these and COVID, we we turn inward, and we don't we we just we don't socialize. We don't talk. We don't let others lift us up, and we don't lift others up. But you know, it's the teamwork that is so so important. I mean, it's just you know, I had. Uh, I had had somebody tell me, said, you know, we often overestimate what we can do by ourselves, but we underestimate what we can do as a team. Yep. I mean, that right? teamwork, when you have a, somebody who really has your back, it's so valuable. And that's that, that special moment of, of being on a team. Uh, the team could be just you and somebody else, uh, relationships and things like that. But it's to know that it's the world becomes right. It's easier to lift. I, I just heard a, 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 a saying, you know, you can lift a thousand people by your words, but it's not so easy to lift three people on your back. So if you have, Amen. right. So if you have a team, like I, when we were talking about the goons for good or, or your foundation, it really is about bringing everybody together. It, you can't do it yourself. One person can do a little bit, but if you get it, the right team and put together the right team, you can be the world champions. You know, David, I played here in Kansas City with a guy named Dan Quisenberry. Sure. He threw underhand. I mean, yep. he was that, that three quarter. I remember Dan. I, I, yep. Yeah, and he had a big mustache. And, uh, you know, I don't mean to degrade left hands, but he, he acted like a left handed pitcher. He was right handed. He acted <laughs> kind of goofy. You know, he wrote poetry. Uh, he was just a different kind of fella. But Dan and I used to go hunting all the time out here in Kansas, and we just had a very close relationship. And but Dan came down with a brain tumor. And just two weeks before Dan passed, I had the opportunity to be with him at Barnes and Noble. He came there just to see me, and here two weeks later he was going to pass, or he did pass. And we had some, I knew we weren't going to be able to get, 
being dead too long because of how weak he was from voluntarily. And I wanted to ask him this one question. Oh, man, it was a tough question, though. Finally got up to Coney's to do it. I said, Dan, listen, brother, you know where you're going when this is all over. I know you're at peace about that. I want to ask you, what can you tell me about life coming from your perspective and where you have been the last six, eight months that I can't understand having not gone through that? And Dan didn't hesitate to lick, David. He said, Ed, the thing that I've learned the most is how much we all need each other. <laughs> beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I know, I know you talk a lot of things, you talk a lot about planting seeds. Right? Well, I happen to be a big believer in planting seeds myself. As a matter of fact, I I came across a mantra. Something I heard and became my mantra. Uh, oh, it's been 10, 12 years. I looked up who said it. I don't know. I never know to find the real source. It's several people claim that said it, you know, but but here's 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 my mantra. When it comes to my life now, because you know, I didn't know what that's gonna make me. I didn't think I would be here with all the stuff I've been through. But when I began to have the opportunity after that midnight shift started to turn my life around and help me understand the beginning of what I had come to know what life is all about. Yeah, I played baseball for a lot of years or a few years in the big leagues. But today, that's nothing compared to the opportunity that I have and you have to make a positive difference in the lives of other people. So here's my, here's my mantra. I'll share this with you because it's so important. We just don't know the impact we can have with such, with just, we don't know. It goes like this. Anyone can count the seeds in one apple, but no one can count the apples in just one seed. Wow. Isn't that profound? That's that awesome. just, it just struck me so deeply that I, I begin to realize, you know what? You never know when you're going to be impacting people. And that's kind of what I try to keep in mind today. Uh, that, this is my sweet spot, as you call it. <laughs> this is my sweet spot because I remind myself, and you just don't know when you're going to make that difference. Oh, sure, you know, and I know that we've made a difference and we get feedback and letters and emails like, oh, Mr. Hearn, I took your book and the Bible to the hospital. And it was your book to help me make it through. Wow. You know, things like that. It's just amazing. But it's the things, the people and the things that we don't hear about that really is amazing. And that was my idea of interviewing people like yourself. It's not only the, the, the fact that you are a major leaguer, which was an amazing accomplishment, but to me, your biggest accomplishment is what you're impacting in your community and how you're able to show up. I mean, through all the things you've gone through, the, all the battles of cancer, uh, as well as your, your family situations and, and stuff like that, the blessings that you've been given, but what you still give out to everybody else, that shows more about any statistics that we can give up we can give out you know those are all nice uh right. that'll that'll, 
that'll be part of a legacy, but your real legacy, and I know you and I've spoken, is about helping those people, helping the children in schools, helping men step up in their communities to lead, to be men, and showing people what they need to, to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I you know, on, on, the, on your website, I'm just going to read it, is the, the website, I, I never heard that, the quote, promise me you'll always remember you're braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. And that wasn't a baseball quote. That was from Winnie the Pooh. But goddamn, that's a strong statement. You know, that's it's really, huge. you know, when you think about it, how many, how much of us talk about that negative speak in our heads and how powerful that is to just remember that we're stronger and we're braver than we could ever go. And, and that's one of the messages that I, I really enjoy, you know, hearing and, and reading the things that I, that I did to prepare for this call, this talk. You know, I wouldn't, I, I mean, well, I would never thought of that. Here you are. I mean, that's not one of the, the big things that I always talking about, but man, it's great. I mean, I'm glad you reminded me of that because especially in times like these, David, uh, a lot of people are heart hurting. A lot of people are struggling because of where we're at. And, you know, I don't know if you've heard, but you've probably been to a bunch of conferences with, with your company. And, you know, I, I heard some of your think outside the yep. box. The box, huh? Right? No, 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 no. I'm here to tell you. What I'm going to tell you next is the key that opens all the doors. It's not thinking outside a box. It is thinking outside something. Think outside the self. That's what it's all about. You know, I have a nonprofit called The Bottom of the Night, where character counts. You know, in baseball, the bottom of the night, the Natalist home team is tied or behind. And I say, in America right now, I think we're behind. In the area of character and moral values, yes, sir. we are losing the game. And I, I, you hear people talking about we're on a slippery slope. Or this is the big, this is a big cliff. <laughs> I say, let's talk in American terms. It's the bottom of the night, people. And you know what? When you're playing for a championship in baseball, I know that because I was there. And we went to, we were down two strikes, two out, the three of the hitters in game six of that World Series in 1986. And you know what? When that's happening, real champions are not thinking about themselves. They're thinking about the team, the whole team, and winning that championship. And that's what we have to do in America today, I believe. We gotta stop thinking about I, I, me, me. And we gotta think outside of ourselves. And we gotta reach out there and step up to the plate. And you asked me earlier, do I have a favorite saying? I do. And I try to sign this when I can in an autograph. It used to be, and sometimes when I have time, I'll write, keep swinging for the fences, regardless of life's curves. But so often I have time to write all that. So I just say, keep swinging. <laughs> you, know, you know, between that, if we think outside of ourselves, just four little words, it's not that tough. And we, and we keep swinging. Man. I mean, we got a shot, but if we don't, I hate to tell you, David, uh, you know, it's, I'm concerned, but I know like you know, and like you told me 
what we talked before. Coming together as a team, we can do it because we're all gifted differently, right? And we can't do it by ourselves, but when we pull together the talents of so many people that are differently gifted, we can then really make a difference. Yeah, that's what it is. I, yeah, it's a team yeah. because right, everybody has their own specialty, their, their own skill set. And that's why it, it can't be just one person to pull together. It has to be a community. You know, I think it was Mother Teresa that said, I can do some things that you can't do. You can do things that I can't do. But together, we can do so much more. Perfect. Isn't that right? So, you know, I, I just think... Uh, you know, we could talk forever, Dave, and I know you, we can't. I can't chew up all your time here on this uh, on this special podcast. But uh, you know, I I would like to say this that uh, I'd like to challenge your audience in the same way that that midnight shift nurse challenged me. Be thankful for the shoes you've got, the blessings, the talents. Lace them up, shine them up. And run with all your might to be the champions of life that I know God's intended for each and every one of us to be. Bar none, we all are gifted to make a difference. We just have to step up play and do it. You know, there's, and, and, and I'll, I'll tell you this, yeah, in the words of Albert Schweitzer, I don't know what your destiny will be, but the one thing I do know is those of us who seek and find how to serve others, those are the ones of us who are going to be truly happy. Amen. Uh, you asked me about happiness, a peace, and that's what it is. You know, my three favorite words you see on my, my coaches on that diagram of the baseball field. Third base is faith. First base coach is hope. And the head coach is a four-letter word, love. Hmm. I think you could be part of that team, David. I'd love to be part of that team. Any team that you're you're on, I'd love to be part of. <laughs> well, I appreciate you having me, man. Uh, I just if I could just ask best. one question, because I, the the, yeah. the one baseball question, I, you know, I know we use some references. What was it like to be in that that? So you met you you mentioned the the sixth game of the World Series in 1986. What was it like to be in that dugout? with the two outs and, you know, I, I, we've heard the story of Keith Hernandez going out and after he flew out to have that beer. And, but what was the, the rest of the mood? Because I, I, you know, as a fan, I know what I was feeling and um, I'd love to just hear it. I, I, I wouldn't want to, I'd love to share that with everybody else. Well, David, I'm going to tell you the rest of the story. I mean, I can tell you how intense it was and, and how, crazy it was after we came back and all that stuff. But I want to tell you something more important. You know, I think we mentioned earlier about the Mets haven't won since we won. <laughs> and we had a lot of talent on that team. Sure. But I tell organizations all the time that, you know what? You can't be sipping the water fountain when it, you can't be hiding in, in, your, in your office. You can't be back in the clubhouse smoking a cigarette with somebody drinking a beer or another guy back there calling home to see if he could get a flight out yet. 
after we lose that game. Yeah, we had great talent. We came back and we won. But you know what? It was short-term, wasn't it? It was short-term. For long-term success, you have to have tremendous character and values, and you have to be there for each other. Now, I'm not saying, I mean, we were very close. We were bad boys together. But you know what? When it came down to it, we had guys, you brought it up, guys that weren't there on the bench because they flew out and they went back, and they weren't there. Well, the one thing that I would say is look at the people who succeeded that night in that inning, right? Ray Knight, Mookie. Those are all guys who are heart guys. Kevin Mitchell, right? Those are heart guys. Gary with a single. So if you look at it, you always go back to your heart. And I, I always say one of the most important words in, in the English language is heart because it's part. It's the same letters as earth. And we just ground ourselves and in heart. And there's always an R in my heart. Is there is there a special R word that you that you like to use? Yeah, I know. P word R R. I'm sure I can think of something here. Well, I, I, I know. Flat footed here. So when uh, uh, so yeah. when I when I looked at the how you have broken out your bottom of the ninth, one of the one of the pitchers, one of the players, the shortstop is actually respect, and and that's that was why. But you do have a lot of P's. You know, I mean, everybody should check out the bottom of the ninth foundation because it really is. Even if you're not in Kansas City, and we're going to try to see what we could do as, as goons for good, but it's a, just a great idea of putting this together, all the pieces together, you know, really about youth character, about character to, to, to conquer, you know, character of faith, because no matter what you believe in, this is not non-denominational, but you have to have a faith. And it's so important. And then it's always that team character. It always goes back to surrounding yourself with the right team. Absolutely, David. And so, you know, uh, it is the bottom of the night. And you got to bring it back. And you can't leave it on your shoulder. You know, there's times I, I think that the people are scared. You know, it's like like some dudes, if it's late in the game and pressure's on and, and the manager says, Hey, hurt, grab a bat. Well, man, you you don't want to be like, oh, 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 oh what? Me, coach? Me, grab bat? No. I don't, I mean, I don't, what about big, big, what about Keith or Daryl? <laughs> uh, I'm scared. I'm getting scared. You got to grab that bat and step up and play, baby. And you know what? You got to get out there and, and you got to give it up. You got to give it your all. We got a lot of people today that are willing to step up and play. They are bringing their back to make the difference we need today. We got a lot of people that they're sitting in stands. Yep. And you know what? They can always cheer us. They're booing. They're, they're cutting down the whole team because they ain't doing as good as they should. They think they should be doing. But they're sitting, they're one sitting up the stands. They ain't down there on the field grabbing a bat. You know what? And then there's even worse. There's people not even coming to the game. They're outside the stadium. They're, they're out doing something that don't make no difference to the world. And we need people in the ballpark, on the field, as you say, brother, grab a bat. People got to be willing to step up and play and grab a bat. Not sit in the stands and boom and talk smack. Get I love your that. bat. Get your bat. Come down the field and do it, man. I love it, man. That, that, I think that's the perfect ending. That, thank you. You know, it's teamwork, bringing a bat, and 
as you said, take your swing, buddy. Take your cuts, right? You get up there, swing as hard as you can. And so we're going to end the this episode of Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. And don't forget to find your sweet spot. And as Mr. Hearn had said, make sure you get that swing. Thanks. I am really glad that you're enjoying the show, and I hope you follow us on all the podcast hosting sites, as well as Facebook, Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat, or you can follow me, Uncle Dave, David Chemetsky, at Facebook, Instagram, Clubhouse, and www.davidchemetsky.com. I also would enjoy for you to contact me if you want to just have some feedback. You need somebody to talk to at peace, love, bring a bat at gmail.com. Well, my friends, today's journey has come to a close. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember the peace and love surround you that will assist you to rise again. And don't forget to bring a bat for what you believe in. Namaste. Namaste.